Welcome in, everyone. First legit episode of Talking Wits. Jeremy Horowitz here, running solo today. First legit episode. I'm recording this around 3 o'clock, wildcard Saturday at the NFL playoffs. Game one, just about an hour, hour and a half away. Browns, Texans. Going to be a good one. We're going to talk a little NFL playoffs. We're going to talk some college basketball. We're going to talk some MLB free agency. Why not, you know? Why not? Start it off. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. My predictions. Why not? So like I said, today, Browns-Texans, 4.30. Night game. Dolphins-Chiefs. Listen, I know I've been high on CJ Stroud all year. Those who know me and talk to me about football know how big I am of a CJ Stroud fan. He's my fantasy quarterback in two out of my three leagues. I love Stroud. I think his Cinderella story comes to an end today, however. Without Tank Dell, without a full offense against this Browns defense who like to run man coverage, which is something that the Texans offense has been struggling with all season long, I think this is where the Texans fall short and the Browns win. And also, don't count out the old man. When he's hot, he's hot. And Joe Flacco is one of the hottest guys in the NFL right now. I'm taking the Browns. Spreads moved. It opened up at two and a half. It moved down to one and a half. I'm taking the Browns. I don't think that Houston can really keep it that close for very long, especially with this Browns defense. Especially, like I said, in man coverage, that's something that Stroud and the Texans have struggled with a lot this year. So I think that's what's going to be their Achilles heel today, and the Browns are going to take it. And moving into the later game, Dolphins-Chiefs in Arrowhead, freezing cold temperatures, snow all over the field. In games underneath 40 degrees Fahrenheit, Tua is 0-10 straight up. And I do not think that streak is going to turn itself around today. Taking the Chiefs, I know their offense hasn't been anything of what it nearly should be or has been in the past, but watching the Dolphins the past month, they haven't looked like themselves either, especially last week. They completely choked away the division against the Bills last week. That was just disgusting. It was a disgusting watch. They had the game, and they just couldn't figure out how to move the ball in the second half. Tyreek Hill was basically a non-factor that second half, and he dropped a couple passes as well. And I don't think the Dolphins are going to walk into Arrowhead with snow on the ground and take over. Teams from the south coming up north in situations like that don't normally fare very well. And I don't think that's going to turn around today. I'm taking the Chiefs at least by 10. I don't really think the Dolphins move the ball very well today, or if at all. I don't think this game's going to be very scoring. So that would get us into tomorrow's game. They just moved the Steelers-Bills game out of the Sunday slate due to the weather. Uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul was the one who announced that. Shout out you, Kathy. So tomorrow, 4.30, Packers-Cowboys in Jerry's world. It's so tough because the Cowboys are so bad historically in the playoffs, at least in my lifetime. But they've been so good at home this past year, and it's so hard to go against them at home. So I'm not going to do it. I'm taking the Cowboys at home. 
I think the Packers thing is a great story. I think Jordan Love has had a really, really good rookie year. And I think he's proven himself to be the guy in Green Bay. But I do not think that they're going to march into Dallas and tear up that defense. I don't think that's in the question at all. I'm taking Dallas with the points, seven, seven and a half points. That's the spread. I'm taking Dallas. And I have them moving on to the divisional round. Now, my personal game of the week, and I think everyone else's game of the week as well, Rams-Lions in Detroit. Matt Stafford returns to Detroit, but I think everyone's forgetting Jared Goff is playing his former team as well. And everyone's on this whole Stafford revenge thing back in Detroit, and Stafford's going to come back into Ford Field and tear it up. I'm on the other end of the spectrum here. I think Jared Goff is going to get his revenge on the Rams. I think he's going to show that he is one of the top two quarterbacks in this league, and he's going to take this Lions team to the divisional. He's going to show them why they have such a high-power offense. He's going to shut up all the naysayers. And this 12-5 and Lions team is going to move in to the divisional round. Spread is three. I'm taking the Lions minus three. That's my lock of the week for the uh, for the Sunday slate, that's my lock. I'm doing a, I'm in a playoff pool with a bunch of my friends, and there's a pick. You get to uh, basically you double down on it, and you get double points if it hits. That's my double down. Ram, uh, excuse me, Lions minus the points. The now moving into Monday, originally one game, like I mentioned before, now it's two. Steelers Bills. Now I know in Buffalo, it's going to be gross weather. Maybe a little less gross than it is right now. I'll actually be driving up to school, and I'll probably hit some snow on the throughway on I-90, I-87, going back towards Utica, which is not too far away from Buffalo. But yeah, I, I think the Bills win, but I don't think it's that much of a blowout. I think the Steelers do cover the 10 points that they're given on the sportsbooks. I do think the Steelers can find a way to keep this close if they score first whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. And I think it's going to be a ground-and-pound game. It's going to, points are going to be very, very tough to come by. And if the Steelers can find a way to keep this game close and have long possessions and keep the ball on the ground with Najee Harris, excuse me, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, they will find a way to keep this game close. But the Bills are going to win the game. They're going to come out on top and move into the, into the divisional round. Final game of the Super Wild Card Weekend. Eagles-Buccaneers. A lot of question marks in this game. Mostly due to because of the Eagles. It's now to say that A.J. Brown is out. That is a big, big blow for the Philadelphia Eagles. However, I looked at the forecast earlier today and it said there's a 55% chance of rain in Tampa, Florida. If this is a game in the rain, I love the Eagles even more than I already do. They will lull the Buccaneers to sleep with the run and... The Buccaneers are going to have no chance. The spread is three in favor of the Eagles. If it's a rain game, I'm hammering that. I love the Eagles run game. And I think you're going to see the Eagles take long drives, long possessions, put the ball on the ground, and you're going to see a tush push or two, whether you like it or not. Tush push or two to get into the end zone. As much as you may or may not like it, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see the tush push a lot in this game. You're going to see the Eagles ground and pound in run the hell out of the ball and the lull Tampa to sleep. Todd Bowles, 
Still don't think he's a good coach. I don't think the Buccaneers are that good of a team. They're in the playoffs because that division is just putridly bad. And they put up nine points against the Carolina Panthers last week. Yeah, division game, whatever, whatever. They put up nine points against the Carolina Panthers. Say whatever you want about this Eagles secondary. Their D-line's still pretty good. I don't think it's going to be close. Taking the Eagles there. Now that'll move us into the divisional round. We'll start with the AFC side of things. So, everything gets reseeded afterwards. And, moving into the divisional round, Baltimore's waiting in the wings to see who they're going to take on. And I got them taking on the Cleveland Browns, a AFC North divisional round matchup. But it gets even a little sweeter. Joe Flacco is going to be playing in that game, but for the other side. He'll be in a Cleveland Brown uniform, showing off that Father Time is still undefeated, and he's going to face off his old team in the divisional round. I got the Ravens taking that. I mean, how can you not? That team is so good. I wasn't that big on them in the beginning of the year. All my friends from school, especially Ezekiel Prince, they know that. But... The Ravens take that one. They're moving on to the AFC Championship game. The Ravens team is really good. All the naysayers about Lamar have been shut up this year. You can say whatever you want about his, his numbers and his stats, whatever it is. He's a good quarterback in this league, and he's going to be in the AFC Championship in a few weeks' time. Now, second AFC Divisional matchup. We got another one for the ages. Chiefs, Bills, and this time it's in Highmark Stadium, Buffalo, New York. And I think this is exactly what the NFL wants. You're going to want to see the Bills and the Chiefs play again in the playoffs. And you want they're going to want this game to go to overtime. They're going to want to see Allen knock off Mahomes in overtime because of that game a few years ago with the thrilling comeback of the Bills and then the thrilling comeback of the Chiefs and then the overtime win and then them changing the rules because of that game. You're going to see a very long overtime period in this game and I think the Bills ultimately come out on top in overtime so that will give us a Ravens-Bills AFC championship game moving back to the NFC the Niners are the ones see they're waiting in the wings to see who they're going to take on and since I have the Eagles Lions and Cowboys winning that means the Niners will take on the Philadelphia Eagles and this is where the Eagles fall short this game, that game wouldn't be close. The Niners are going to stomp all over. McCaffrey may go for 200 all-purpose yards. That game's going to be gross. I don't have to get into that very much. Niners going to the NFC Championship. Now, the other NFC Divisional game that I believe will happen, Cowboys-Lions in Jerry's world. We saw these teams play off a few weeks ago. I believe it was week 17 of the NFL season. And ended really, really weirdly. Dan Campbell wanted to go for it, go for two after uh, scoring a touchdown. Instead of going for the tie, he wanted to go for the win. And they ended up getting a two-point conversion. It was called back as an offensive penalty. They were moved back to the seven-yard line, and they still went for it. And it was a defensive penalty. And then they get moved back to the four, and they went for two again and still didn't get it. And they lost the game. I've been so big on the Lions all year long. I love the Lions. I think that offense is great. 
And I'm taking them to beat the Cowboys in the divisional round. Sorry, Rich. Sorry, Zach. Sorry, all the Cowboy fans. But I'm taking the Lions and the Jared Goff-led offense. Shout out Jake Weinstein. So that'll mean we'll have Niners-Lions NFC Championship. On the other side, Ravens-Bills AFC Championship. That's a game for the ages. Two of the top five, top ten quarterbacks in the league, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. That's going to be a great game. No doubt about it. No doubt in my mind. Taking the Ravens, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to beat the Bills in a thriller. I think Lamar airs at the rock, and he shows what he can do with his arm. NFC Championship, Niners, Lions, and unfortunately... My Lions will fall short, and the Niners will move on to the Super Bowl for a one-seed versus one-seed Super Bowl matchup. Baltimore Ravens and San Francisco 49ers. And I know we just saw these two teams face off recently. I got the Niners one. I think they're the most complete team in the NFL. I don't see much changing there. I don't see... Anything happening like last time when these two teams matched up, I think Christian McCaffrey goes off in the Super Bowl. He wins Super Bowl MVP. I think Brock Purdy you know, does what he does, economically finds guys like Kittle and Samuel and Ayuk, just little dump-offs, let them run, and just give the ball to McCaffrey and let him work. I think Lamar's going to have to play from behind, and that's going to hurt them. So the San Francisco 49ers, in my eyes, you are Super Bowl champions. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I know, it's the NFL playoffs. One game, one game elimination, anything could happen. But still, I do not think will fall short. They're at least going to get there. And I truly, truly think they're going to win. I'm excited for the games later. Like I said, I have the under in that Dolphins-Chiefs game. I got it under 44 and a half. Under 44 and under 43 and a half. So I got two separate lines. I really like the under there. I don't think the Dolphins are going to move the ball very much. And I, also, I don't think the Chiefs' offense has looked decent at all this year. They have looked sporadic. They have not looked like themselves. They have not looked at the Chiefs. And I don't think it's just going to magically turn around because they're in a snow playoff game. Moving into the MLB. My New York Yankees just signed Marcus Stroman. To a two-year, $37 million deal. I love it. I think Marcus Stroman is kind of exactly what the Yankees needed in their rotation. He's a very solid guy. Yeah, he's not going to rack up the strikeout numbers, but he's a great ground ball pitcher. He pitches the contact, and, and that is low contact. That is exactly what the Yankees need. Now, there's guys out there like Blake Snell. Yeah, they may win Cy Young every now and then. They may pitch to a really low ERA, but again... Blake Snell is a fly ball pitcher, and he also doesn't have the control that the Yankees need on their staff. Marcus Stroman is a guy who's going to go in. You know exactly where you're going to get him. You're going to get an ERA near three. You're going to get a lot of ground balls, and you're going to get efficiency from him. Now, my only worry with Marcus Stroman is what he does off the field. It's not so much what he does on the field. It's what he brings to the team in the locker room and off the field in the media, especially in New York. We saw it a couple years ago with him. And flushing Queens with the New York Mets, but I think it's different this time. I saw pictures surfacing that he posted and other people posted on Twitter and Instagram of him when he was young, 
in the Yankees gear, Yankees hoodies, stuff like that. So I'm assuming he grew up a Yankees fan. I think this is a dream of his. And listen, I watched him kill the Yankees for multiple seasons when he was with the Toronto Blue Jays. So I really think this is a good signing for us. I think he kind of helps round out that rotation. I have Cole, Stroman, Rodon, Nestor, and Clark Schmidt. And I was never a huge Clark Schmidt believer. But after last year, he was our second best pitcher. Whatever the numbers say, he had a very strong second half. And if Clark Schmidt's our five and he can build off that second half he had last year, I think our rotation's pretty well. Now the question mark is Rodon. If Carlos Rodon can be just decent this year, he needs to be a good three starter, and we're fine. I think the rotation is fine if Rodon can pitch like Rodon. We don't need him to pitch like a Cy Young candidate. We don't need that. Pitch to a three array or less, strike guys out, and keep your mouth shut. That's all the Yankees need out of Rodon this year. Just do not do what you did last year, especially on the road, too. That thing in Anaheim against the Angels when he was jawing at the fans, wagging his finger, whatever he was doing. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff. That's a really, really bad look, especially when you're getting shelled in the first inning. We need the good Carlos Rodon back, and I think we get that this year. Now, if I'm the New York Yankees, I, I want another bat. I think the bullpen's okay. I think the bullpen will be fine. You remember, we're getting Scotty Fresh back. That'll help kind of take the pain away from losing my king. And my own, I'm not comparing Efrost to king and their skill sets, but I do think Efrost will help us out. He's a very herky-jerky pitcher, weird motion. I think he's very, very tough to hit. So I think that'll help Yankees out a lot. Obviously, I have Clay Holmes in there. You get Loisica back. Hopefully, he stays healthy. You get Marinaccio back. Hopefully, he stays healthy and has a bounce back year. I think the bullpen will be okay. My one worry is the offense. I know we signed Soto, and I absolutely love that signing. I know we traded for Verdugo, and I love that trade. I think Verdugo is going to fit very, very well in uh, Yankee Stadium. I don't. I just worry about the offense, and it's more of the corner offense, the the, the corners, DJ and Rizzo. I kind of I'm worried about Rizzo and DJ. They're getting they're getting old, and. I love those guys. I think they're phenomenal players. I think they have been phenomenal players throughout their whole career. Obviously, LeMahieu, uh, batting champion in both leagues, both the AL and the NL. Rizzo, World Series champion. And he, Rizzo was great last year up until he got hurt. But like a neck injury isn't that easy to come back from. And he was concussed for so long. No one knew about it. So I think my thing is just I'm just kind of worried about how he's going to bounce back from that and how he'll try to get healthy again like obviously it'll be different obviously they're going to be very cautious with Rizzo but again he's getting older and I wouldn't be that surprised if they move on from him around the deadline or try to get another first baseman to try to platoon time with him which I wouldn't mind depending on who it is but I think this is probably the team that you'll see going to opening day for the, for the Yankees uh, there's things that we need to keep an eye out like uh, Peraza Raza can no longer be up and down in the majors and the minors. He needs to stay either in the MLB with the Yankees or he needs to get traded. And I like Peraza. I think he's I think he's good. I mean, he was on the ALCS roster two years ago against the Astros, and then they don't play him. So a lot of his problems is not enough at bats, I think. Like he's not seasoned enough where you can really get a gauge on what you think about him. You know what I mean? He's a guy who they obviously like, they obviously have faith in him because he was on the ALCS roster and he started a game in the ALCS two years ago against the Astros. 
So I'm just confused on why they don't give the guy another shot. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to him playing third and moving LeMahieu to first. Or I wouldn't be opposed to trading Torres and having Peraza and Volpe up the middle. I really wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Now, would he get any for Glaber? I don't know. I mean, I keep painting on Twitter that they're trying to trade for uh, Luis Arias and Glaber Torres being that deal. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Miami's going to take the bait on that. Arias, so good for them last year. I mean, he's good at anywhere he goes, but like, Arias was so, so good for them last year. And I really don't think they'd move on from him, especially not for a guy like Glaber Torres. Yeah, he's going to bat around 260, 270 every year, but I think he's just such a streaky, streaky player. I don't love him all that much. I think he's lazy as well, and I wouldn't be opposed to Yankees moving off from him. But I do think it'll be a much better year of Yankees baseball. Hopefully you get a full year of a healthy Aaron Judge. You hope you get a Juan Soto year to Juan Soto. He, in my mind, he's going to go down as one of the greatest hitters of all time. I think Juan Soto is a generational talent. I mean, we saw it in the World Series when he was a 19-year-old kid. We see it year in and year out with him, and I think he fits this team perfectly. Uh, you get Alex Verdugo, another lefty bat who I've, I love his swing. I've been preaching to people I know, all my friends, that I really, really want more lefties in this lineup. I know Talking Yanks has said that. John Boy and Jake, they talk about lefties all the time. Well, now we have some lefties. We have Verdugo, we have Soto, we have Rizzo. Those are, those are, those are your lefties. Uh, and don't forget Domingos when he comes back. Which, granted, I don't know. How he will come back or when he'll come back, only time will tell, but as a no switch hitter. Like this this Yankee team is going to be good for a while if the pieces fall where they're supposed to. I'm very excited for the Yankee season. I'll get more into them, you know, when the season gets a little closer. Yeah, but I'm really excited for the Yankee season. I'm really excited for baseball to come back. Spring training. Starting up soon. Opening days getting closer and closer. Very excited. Now my New York Rangers, on the other hand. They started off really hot, and now they're kind of cooling off a little bit. I'm a little worried about Igor. I know my friend Matt is big on making Jonathan Quick the starter. I don't know how serious he is about it. I know he likes to, uh, how do I put this, PG? He likes to bother my friend Joe about Igor and Jonathan Quick and how he thinks Quick should be the starter. So it's nice to uh, get a good laugh when those two go back and forth, back and forth with each other. But yeah, the Rangers are struggling right now. Not putting pucks in the net. I think missing Capo and missing Heedle is what is hurting them. They're a slower team with guys like Blake Wheeler in the lineup. Benino, Wheeler. like They're old. They're slow. They're not that skilled anymore. Yeah, I think they're really good, great players to have on your roster. I think they're, like, like that's phenomenal. But at the end of the day, like, this is a young league. You need speed to win, and you don't have much speed in the lineup day in and day out right now. A game against St. Louis, granted we had no Mika, no Zibanejad, but like you can't, you're gonna let that power play beat you? That's just, it's terrible. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about the Rangers right now. I think injuries are gonna catch up to them. I think not having Capo, not having Hedl in the lineup is gonna hurt. I know Capo's inching closer, but Hedl's career might be over, and if Hedl's careers over we need to get another guy right now we need another goal scorer I love the way Filipino plays I think he's phenomenal and they got to find a way to get him healthy and get him right if they can I know concussions especially the amount he's had very very serious but if there's any chance Hito can come back they need him back shout out Matt Sanchez
I'm excited for a lovely super wild card weekend in the NFL. I think we're going to see a lot of good games. Let's go Lions. Really pulling for them. And yeah, let's go. Let's go Browns. Those are my. Those are uh, those are teams I'm rooting for this year. I mean, I've seen the NFC side. I like the Browns. I like the Lions. I want. I want to see that one of those two teams pull it off this year. But I think the Niners take it. I'm very excited for this weekend of football. Hope you guys are too. Thank you for listening. Listening to the first legit episode of Talking Wits. Be on the lookout for many more as sports heat up and the NFL pl- playoffs continue to move. Thank you again for listening. I'm Jeremy Horowitz. This was, this was Talking Wits.